so I realized um, we had never, I mean, a lot of people in our close circle don't really know, but we never really discussed, like, the exact of us going down to California and, like, why we couldn't just stay in Washington to get Lyme disease treatment and why we had to, you know, it was kind of very last minute, too. Like, we just kind of, it was it was in the course of, like, a month that we realized less than that. Less than that, yeah. Because I realized I just, whatever. Well. It was, it was, it was getting really, really bad. It like, was a, a snowstorm of events in which doctors. Well, we'll get to that. So. Raw, raw came through for us. That I realized sarcastic. with this story, I need mom here because this isn't going to be, like, a one, one podcast episode story. Um, it's going to be multiple parts because our California adventure, which was only supposed to be a month, ended up being two years. So, um, but it's... Six a, months tops, I said. Six, six months, months tops. Um, two years later. Two years later. And we have an like, apartment there and everything. And we had been like, no, we'll just stay in a hotel. Okay, we'll be fine. Or an Airbnb, we'll be fine. Um, but I realized that, you know, this is a story that needs to be told because... It's it reflects on the Lyme disease treatment. It reflects on how the medical system sees Lyme disease. It reflects on how pe- uneducated people see Lyme disease, and how also how they see pediatric Lyme disease. Because the problem was, the biggest problem was, I was still sixteen, so technically I was still a child, and we couldn't get help that way. So the interesting thing, and I think you've mentioned this before, but I'm not sure. I'm not in, in Washington State, you are a you have rights over your own medical consent as of 13. But... However, until you are 18, the doctors <laughs> can still say, well, no, you don't know what you're talking about. So you can, so you can keep your record and your, your choices private from your parents. But... But what that means is your parents no longer have any say over your treatment and the doctor does yeah so you you still don't have say over your treatment you just don't it's it's a way it's a way to protect kids who are in abusive relationship with their parents which is great but it doctors will then kind of get you in an abusive relationship with your doctor then right because what autumn experienced was is she was agreeing with what i was asking for in terms of treatment and the doctors were saying I, as her mother, I don't get a say. And I'm like, cool, go ask her. And, and they saying, were saying, yes, I agree with everything she's saying. But they were saying, well, she doesn't know enough because she's too young. So I was like, but she has consent. Okay. Yeah. So it, it was great. So I guess we'll just start. It was the summer because that was when everything started going down. It was the summer of 2020. Yes. Because that was when COVID hit too. That yes. was the other difficult problem we were having is you know, a lot of the doctors we wanted to see, like for Lyme and stuff, it was all shut down because of COVID. So that wasn't, I mean, though COVID, lots of good things came out of COVID in the sense of like, not for people, but in the sense of the medical world, because now we can do Zoom calls for almost all my doctors. Um, Telehealth has been a great thing that, um, um, as I guess like COVID, one unfortunately, net positive, unfortunately. Yes. But um, at the time, because everyone wasn't really organized and they weren't quite sure how they wanted to handle certain things that it was just kind of like and and some doctors we feel were using it as an excuse to avoid 
following through with treatment that we were requesting. Are we talking about Dr. Asshole? Yes. We're going to call him Dr. Asshole because... We would not want to share his precious, precious name to the world. I might get sued. She's staring at me in that scary way that she does when she wants to kill someone. We're going to call him Dr. Asshole because honestly, it, it sounds better. But I'd um, love to have him sue us. Bring it, baby. But Autumn says, no, I can't play. I mean, let's remember, he was also the doctor that told me nothing gastrointestinally was wrong with me. Right. Um, I had no signs of anything going on, and it was completely mental. Yes. Um, but he basically used COVID. He did. Well, I mean, we'll go into him. He used COVID as an excuse to not give me a test for gastroparesis, um, which I, if I had gotten that test, I might have even gotten diagnosed with mass earlier because it would have Probably. Shown, I would have shown delayed emptying of some sort. Probably. But it's, it's an emptying test. The, the test for gastroparesis is an emptying test to see how fast your digestive system, how fast your stomach empties yeah. out. And because so you she eat had... radioactive eggs or radioactive food, whatever your allergy is. I think it's right. oatmeal for some people. Um, and they literally just watch it. You sit there for like five hours and they watch it go through your yeah. stomach. They take pictures right. and they gauge how long it takes to leave your stomach. It to- you totally would have gotten diagnosed with mass. Or some, they would have might, it, they it, might have said gastroparesis, but still, they would have been like, something is wrong. Something's wrong because it wouldn't have gone through the way it was supposed to go yeah. through. And all we asked for at that point, we had no idea about SMAS, and all we asked for was the gastroparesis test, and it's it's a relatively simple test, honestly. So, silly us, we thought, I mean, the only thing wrong with me is Lyme disease. Yeah. And silly us, we had no idea of the radar of vascular compressions, which is why I want to spread awareness so much, is, like, we were completely in the dark. When we had gotten that MALS test at, um, like, we I had gotten a ultrasound earlier that year, and when I was admitted to... Mary Bridge Hospital in Tacoma, Washington, they had given me a vascular ultrasound, but we weren't really sure what, like, we knew it was mouths, we knew there was something going on with my vascular, but we weren't really, like... We'd, we'd scanned, we'd scanned we'd Wikipedia, Wikipedia, you know, Wikipedia, we skimmed but, Google. I, but I had never, like, but now knowing, I've talked to so many people, they're like, that test will sometimes not show anything. Well, they did, the test that they gave you was incredible. Well, they also, wrong. well, they also did the wrong way, yes. Um, if you ever had a vascular ultrasound, we're going off topic, but I want to say this. If you've ever had a vascular ultrasound for your abdominal, you're supposed to have it fasted so they can, you know, crazy, see everything. They came in in the hospital uh, right after I'd eaten lunch and was like, we're going to give it to you now. And they were like, oh, wow, we're not seeing anything. All we're seeing is gas. And I'm like, ha ah! They also had her laying down, and yeah. that test is normally given sitting well, up. No, they give it to me sitting up. You're laying down. When I had it properly, I was laying down. Okay, backwards. They had me sitting up, yeah. Okay. So, all right, go back to this spring. Anyways. So, spring of 2020, we were dealing with Dr. Asshat, Asshole, Same whatever difference. his name is. You can say it, Asshat. And we were pressing for gastroparesis. We knew at this point that Autumn had Lyme disease, but even... Oh my god, I can see it in my my chart. The quotes around the Lyme disease. It's a path. Yes. It's a path I'm choosing yes. to take. Doctor asshole implied that it was that following Lyme disease. We were also asking him for help too. Um, we did have a Lyme doctor at that point, but she already was realizing like Autumn could not. I couldn't handle anything orally. There was so many things that I've taken. If anyone who has Lyme disease is following this podcast and you know what Mepron is. And if you don't know what Mepron is, <laughs> Mepron, Mepron is basically a bright yellow substance you have to swallow. Um, and it tastes like it's anti death. It's antibacterial agent. It tastes like yeah. death. And then imagine someone like me who has literally a compression, ha- two compressions happening. Um, so I was vomiting it up, Yeah. but kind of projectilely, randomly. Which vomiting it up at first is not abnormal for yeah, people taking it because it's, take, it's, it's so awful. Gross. 
but it was happening it it got to a point where it was like okay i'm not even it's not worth taking yeah. she couldn't she couldn't take any of the homeopathic treatments which is the first course for lyme for long-term lyme disease I'll homeopathic. Down with the gummies because those dissolve completely right. in your mouth so her doctor already was saying and her doctor was a naturopath most lyme doctors are because of you it's not considered a western medicine so she her Lyme doctor was saying already like this isn't making any sense like yes this is going to taste nasty but you should be able to hold some of it down as you get used to it and she wasn't she wasn't absorbing anything she was having severe stomach pain so she said please go to a GI we did we did we went to the top GI in the state he is head of his pediatric department in a nationally ranked hospital now um like this hospital because they've done they found my mouth the ir doctors there found my mouth so there we, are other sections to this hospital that are, that are amazing okay say the hospital this person is not he would not listen i believe that he assessed autumn before she even walked in it probably didn't... walked in on the zoom call but based on my weight mm-hmm. my gender mm-hmm. my age the status of her parents who've been divorced at that point at like six five years or something I don't and know and my and the abnormality of my symptoms because yes. it technically didn't make any sense yes so therefore he immediately um he gave her actually the first thing we thought he might be kind of good was he immediately gave her the medication for gastroparesis to help with gastroparesis what was it uh, it was the little tiny pills. I, I, know, I know, but I forgot I what remember. it was called. It's it's not one of the main ones. It, it, there's lots of them, but um, it was basically just to help me not vomit. I forget what it was yeah. called. It, but it but it's one of the first ones they give you when they think you have gastroparesis Is it because Fuluxetine? no, okay, that's Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> um, it 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 helps you if you have if you have Cipraptidine. Yes, there you go. I, I was literally just thinking here, staring at his face. It was Cipraptidine. So it, if you have gastroparesis, it will help. If you don't have gastroparesis, it's not going to do anything to you at all. And it's very, it, it, it's it Also, harm. it's an appetite stimulator. So it can yes. sometimes make you more hungry, which was like a pro. So right away, this thing actually starts helping her. At least it did at first. Awesome. And we go back to him and we're like, it's helping her. So could we please have an MTN test? Clearly she has gastroparesis. If she didn't, this wouldn't be helping. And that's when he started pulling in well, we're in COVID, you know, that it's going to be hard to schedule that test. And, he said, and then he kind of put it back on as he was like, well, I'm going to give you the orders and you can come in anytime you want, but it's going to be very difficult to no, do. No, 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 no. That was, that was after everything happened. That was oh, after when I I'm... started hauling out my imaginary lawyers, all of a sudden we got the Don't orders. Don't say imaginary. They're very real. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, so... At the time, he was not. He was like, no, we can't set that up. You're going to have to wait. And understand, if Autumn had gastroparesis it, and we could get an emptying test and to confirm it, then she'd get on medication and that would solve all of her abdominal problems. Like, that would be it. Uh, if you had gastroparesis. Uh, don't say that because there's lots of people with gastroparesis that take multiple medications and it isn't. I, okay. There are people with manageable gastroparesis. There are people with very severe gastroparesis. But I'm then, saying that there's a chance we could have managed it, and that's what we were looking there's at. There's a chance that I okay. could have had this managed a lot better, and we may right. have eventually found this mass in the mouths earlier. So, he refuses. Um, the Her Lyme doctor got involved because here is Autumn, unable to continue her Lyme treatment, and she said, you know, she was she was 
very caring and, and really wanted to help. And she... I mean, my lab started basically showing my body was failing. He yeah. was like, okay, Her, bye-bye. Yeah. So she wanted to talk to the GI. She wanted Autumn to get a pick line so that Autumn could start taking Lyme treatment IV. And she can't do that because she's an ND. infusions and other... And possibly yeah. TBN if I really needed it. Tina, like, keep like her that. alive. Crazy. But she couldn't do it. And so she actually offered to speak to the GI herself because she was like, you know... I'm going to convince him to do this. Um, it did not go well, in short. You tell us, because... Um, um, she called me basically in close tears. in tears because he had gone off on her. And I've seen the transcript of what he said to her. And he basically treated her like the traditional white man will treat a little woman he called her all sorts of names. He implied that he was that she was basically a witch doctor. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'd rather talk to a witch doctor with my Lyme disease. Right. Than... And that she, he, he threatened to report her to the board. Now, you have to understand that naturopaths who do treat Lyme are already blacklisted from most of Western medicine anyway because of the whole issues with treating Lyme. So she was already putting herself out there just by kind of standing up in the crowd and waving her hand and saying, hey, I really want to help this girl. And the fact that he just treated her like absolute crap, absolute crap. When I read the transcript of the things that he said to her, I have never been more appalled in my life. And then it gets better because then he threatened to call CPS on you. Then he and I had a conversation because I was like, this woman is just, she's the only one who has been trying, who has actually tried to help done anything. Who has done anything. And she put herself out there. And he implied that I was neglectful, that I was Munchausen by proxy, that I was all of these things, and that he was going to call CPS on on me. Um, And at that point, there was a part of me that was kind of like, bring it. You know? But that's what I always do when... I, I'm like, bring it. Come on. I will come out of this. Um, I'm a fighter. Yes. And I also fight very well. So when you, you don't want to meet me in a dark alley when you've really pissed me off. Okay, Batman. Yes, I am Batman. Um, and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm a little kind of crazy. Um, she says. <laughs> anyway, our Lyme doctor basically withdrew from Autumn's case because she was terrified most Lyme doctors, no matter how amazing they are, no matter how many patients they've helped, most of them have been sued or threatened with... Or blacklisted. Or black, but they've usually been threatened legally by Western medicine doctors at least once in their career. Yeah. She had been um, twice. She was still paying off fines from the last one. Um, and it's usually a case like this when a Western med doctor will get involved and be like, you're, you know, you don't know what you're doing. This, these people don't have Lyme. It's all made up. So this is when she said, can you get to California? Because there is a doctor in California, Dr. Stephen Harris. In San Francisco. In San Francisco, who is nationally renowned, internationally renowned. She's met him at conferences. She's like, he will help you. And in California, they will find a way to get a pick line in you. They will get like you your pediatric. They'll help you because you're pediatric. They know what to do. They know what to do. He's technically, you know, he's got like, whatever the certs on his certificate i can handle pediatric so um 
I remember you told me this, and we kind of just looked at each other, and I was like, uh, and I we both kind of just we, stared at each other, and we're just like, we didn't have any, we didn't have any other options at this point. Um, our doctor, our Lyme doctor, had withdrawn. She was the only one at that point in the area who would treat Autumn. All the other ones either had wait lists if they were pediatric, which were like years out wait lists, yeah. or it, they weren't going to treat pediatric. Right. So we were lucky that we'd found her in the first place. Um, and yeah, we basically said, I said, okay. I said, I talked to Autumn's dad and I was like, yeah, we'll go down there. Um, we'll get the pick line placed, you know, three months. I figured three months. We got an Airbnb <laughs> for like three months. Yeah. And um, we're just kind of like, you know, by after three months, she'll be she'll she'll be going strong with her medicine we can get the medicine up but, I here mean, do you remember it but what i wanted to talk about too is like how bad my health had gotten at that point it was bad she uh, her her health was very bad her, her very, health was very bad her nutrition was very bad her labs were awful um it was it was i, I don't remember that trip i don't I don't remember because we, so we had we had stopped in Oregon because it was my birthday. We had gone down. Autumn my, had requested. I was seventeen, that she was 17. the dancing queen. I wanted to stop on the beach and, and stay in the near the ocean and dance on the beach that I never did. I never well, even got out of the car. You got out of the car the day it was your birthday. You 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 were in the Airbnb crying because you were in so much pain. Yeah. So, so Tucker and I, I took Tucker. We, down all the I remember beach. is we went to Portland. We got pizza. It was and as then I started hurting, and it, as as Autumn's trips always are, it was a culinary delight. She had mapped out all of the food. Now remember, this, this is, child this is the eating disorder ridden, right. never wants to eat in her entire life. Right, she's just been accused of doing all these things. She's faking her Lyme. I'm making her do all these things. She doesn't want to eat. She wants to get so tiny and unhealthy and whatever. Blah 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 blah. For attention. For attention. All right. So we leave her home where she has all the friends that she could get attention from so we can drive down to california and along the way she has researched and mapped out all of the (laughs) variety of food gluten-free vegan whatever whatever all the way down there we were stopping we stopped in portland for pizza Pizza. but i feel like we also had pastries there or something coffee no okay pizza and then we hit... I know that when we were in Eureka, we found that gluten-free noodle place, but... That, yes. But, like, that was kind of just, like, out of... That wasn't really planned. But the bottom line is, is it was basically... I really felt like I was going on, like, a culinary tour. And the saddest thing is... The saddest thing is that this girl, we would get the food, and she would either force herself to eat it, because... She likes I, food. And I also had nothing else at the time. I didn't have a feeding tube. I right. didn't have a pick line. I didn't have any other nutrition right. source. She desperately wanted to live. Um, but then she'd feel, she'd be in so much pain and she either vomited up or she'd just be in so much pain. Or we'd get the food and she couldn't eat it because she was in so much pain. So basically I ate my way from <laughs> Washington to San Francisco because we were constantly ordering food. And I'm of the generation that's like, well, if you buy it, you have to eat it. And so sometimes I would eat her food too. So we were doing great. Let's Both see. of us went home. We were great. Yes. Um, so I don't know. You had mentioned, like, I just remember driving. I don't really remember any funny stories on that I'm... leg of the trip. I mean, I know. So we stopped at Manzanita. I know. I remember that. Remember, we went to Tillamook. 
but we didn't do anything. We just drove past the Tillamook. Yeah, that um, was one of the places Autumn had thought we might stop at Tillamook and the Tillamook ice cream. But then when we got there, she wasn't feeling good, so yeah. it was just kind of like keep on going. Um, I know um, that we drove. We drove the long way along the coast the first time down, which was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. It turns out that Autumn gets ab- abdominal. Well, Autumn gets car sick abdominal blockages and also it was bumpy and windy and yes um it was beautiful it was beautiful no um, no it was beautiful in the early fall in the late fall so sun. we we had this airbnb in oregon and in manzanita yes and um it had said you know, <laughs> it, it was it, it implied that it was on the beach it was not it was like up a hill it was on the Cliffside on the cliffside, and it was like beach access. If you're a very healthy walking person, like yeah, I mean, even I, it was a, it was a, it was a trek for me even at the time, just because my yeah. ankle was not well, fixed. So well, okay, so we we forgot to add that we had packed up our two dogs at the time. Oh yes, so we hadn't taken. So eventually, Alex, my cat, ended up being with us because she got extremely depressed when we left her, to a point where she would just sit in my room Focus. all day long. Manzanita house on the beach quote-unquote up a cliff but the driveway was also up a cliff now we have a jeep so it had said in the airbnb ad like make sure you know you can your car can go over rough terrain but dude (laughs) it was not good it was not a good idea We we pull up to this thing and first of all we're going up a cliff to find the house we had made some errors we had made some errors and then then i have to pull up into the driveway and the house was lovely I'm not dissing on, you know, this is just Better us. descriptions, but also... We also tend to think we can just do anything yeah. we want, and... I mean, so, we continued, we got to San... I remember when we got to San Francisco, um, and we got to the... Well, it was the Airbnb at the time. Yes. Um, I mean, that was kind of... And then with the next day, then remember the next day we literally went to go get my pick line. Okay. Because we had arrived, like, the day before, because we were really good at planning out yeah. a good, nice, long trip and not having it rushed or anything. Yeah, yeah. And we literally arrived. She had an appointment with the Lyme doctors, like, the next day. After the pick line. Um, we that's got right, the pick line. we pick line first, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was pick line first. Okay, so we go, so we are brand new in San Francisco. <laughs> And we we have a coordinated. They've made the appointment for her pick line um, at this hospital, San Ramon. It San was Ramon. on the other side of the bay. On the other side of the bay, it's a tiny. I shouldn't say it's tiny. It's actually pretty bustling for the area it's in. But it's basically serving like the ranch farm areas of that side of the bay. And so it's pretty... all I remember is we pull up and there's turkeys all over the place. Yeah, so that's what we learned in California. There's turkey vultures and turkeys everywhere. And there's turkeys like at everywhere. the entrance to this hospital. And it was just kind of, I felt like it was kind of weird. But surreal. It was, but it was also like, so we, I mean, we knew what a pick line kind of was. I didn't really understand it. And so we, I remember though, they, they treated us so nicely. They Ugh. treated us... They were so amazing. They were so wonderful. They asked me, well, why do you need a pick line? And I had kind of been like, well, I have Lyme disease. And I said it really quietly. And they're like, oh, Lyme disease? Are you Dr. Harris's patient? Great. And I remember us leaving and we were like, are we in the twilight zone? Yeah. So something else that needs to be said, I think, and explained is that doctors these days have to have relationships or even contracts with hospitals. Okay. So doctors who are in their own standalone clinics. That's why you will find most doctors that are associated with hospitals anymore. 
because they don't have access to hospitals. If they are a standalone clinic, they have no access to a hospital. And sometimes your patients need things that are in a hospital. Yeah. So, like, a, like a tweeting tube change or something like right. that. Right. So none of this stuff can be done in the clinic anymore, okay? Um, to be perfectly honest, you know, pick line for what it you used to be able to do it in a standalone clinic. They would have the equipment, but insurance has removed all of that. It all has to be in the hospitals. So doctors have to have relationships with hospitals. Once again, we come to the issue of Lyme disease and doctors, and it's very difficult to find a Lyme disease doctor who also has relationships with hospitals for the Lyme obvious reasons. Okay. So this hospital trusted and had a relationship with Autumn's new Lyme doctor and they obviously believed in Lyme or at least were willing to listen to this doctor and he had privileges there. Yeah. But that's why we didn't go to any of the pediatric hospitals in the actual Bay Area because he did not have privileges there. And we ended up going to one for my smiles, and that didn't end up well. Right. So <laughs> what you have here, I think it's important to admit with Lyme, is that there is such a war within the medical community about how to treat Lyme. That is, and that is even real. It's adversely affecting patients to the point of, I mean, Lyme can be life or death just in itself, but... The the two, I mean, the main cause of death for Lyme is suicide because people do not get the treatment they need. They are left alone to literally rot because they are not given the treatment or the health care or whatever they need to survive because doctors straight up will tell them, you don't have Lyme, it's not real, deal with it. We were lucky, again, we've mentioned this before, we're very privileged and lucky in that we have, you know, Autumn's dad was able to finance us going down to California and finding an Airbnb, um, later finding a, a, a rental apartment. But to be perfectly honest, if that hadn't been the case, and if either I'd, I I hadn't been able to get her down there, I don't know what would have happened. I would have died. She would have she would have died. She would have literally wasted away. There's a chance, I suppose, that if I put her in an eating clinic, eventually they would have or figured we would have probably out. ended up. I would have probably ended up going having a seizure or a stroke because it yep. would have gotten to that point. Yeah, we would have had to have called the nine one one. They would yep. have taken me to the ER. They would have started treating me, refeeding me. That would have probably ended up. It probably would have started out great because they're just giving me more food. But then it probably would have started spiraling into. No, this isn't going to help anyone. I would also like to say, in that that spring, the one thing we kind of glossed over is in the midst of the doctor asshole and the Lyme doctor getting threatened and everything, we did go to Mary Bridge in Tacoma. Yeah, that's what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? At that point, Autumn and I had talked, and it was kind of like, okay, if they're going to put you on the ED pathway again... Maybe we should just let them do yeah, it because they, then they'll do tests, right? They'll they see. They came to us and they're like, we won't let you dis- discharge you unless you call and you do this thing with this um, eating disorder clinic and you go inpatient with them. And you and I were like, fine, we'll do yeah, it. I, I did, at that yeah. point, I was like, I'm done. If yeah. they help me, if they can truly help yeah. me and maybe this is all psychological. And then, of course, they told me they wouldn't, well, they wouldn't deal with my I dietary. I called them and... You know, like Autumn had said, I, I I was kind of like, look, let's just, you know what, let's get you there. Because the way I saw it is they'd get her there, they would do tests on her, they would try and, they would listen to her at least first, right? And and they'd figure this out, oh, she isn't eating disorder, or you know what, well, we, we'd observe her and we'd notice these things. 
But I called them to consult. And so I was asking them these questions. I said, well, how do you know, you know, what if she isn't eating disorder? She's been complaining of this abdominal issues. And they basically told me, no, we don't run any tests for six weeks. She's immediately put on what they call the eating disorder pathway, which means they just start bulking which is up what her we calories. Did with children's. Which is what she was doing in children, which is what Mary Bridge did. They'd already done that. Yeah. And I said, well, okay, but we also know that she's gluten intolerant. Okay, this she's she was gluten intolerant and lactose intolerant from before she even and started the Lyme getting disease, really sick. because of the Lyme disease and because of the bacteria, I have the alpha gal thing, which makes me very allergic to red meat, right? Yes. At least right now. We're hoping that possibly in remission I would be able to eat red, red meat again if I ever do. Right. But they would basically they were they were basically implying and children's did do this as children's feeding me steaks and shit and it was causing yeah. me so much pain and they were basically implying well we're just going to do the same well they didn't imply they flat well, out they, said yeah. they said we do not we do not acknowledge is it religious that was the one thing they said was it religious and i and i you know i kind of said all right yes <laughs> she cannot have meat or gluten or dairy it's religious and they said well, then, if that's the case, if it's religious and you're willing to attest to it and you're going to get your pastor or your rabbi or your whatever um, will sign a, an affidavit, essentially, saying that she is. And I was thinking, okay, crap, you know what? I could probably figure that out. I could find somebody who would totally oh do it. my God. I could. But the point uh... is, the point is, is that we shouldn't have to do that because... Instead of going into it the other way and respecting Autumn's, you know what, if she is, if this was all psychological, putting her in a situation where they're shoving food and down terrifying her throat, me. Yes, and terrifying her is not going to help that psychologically. That is not what we do to psychological issues. And the best part is, is they wanted me to be inpatient without my family, yes. without anyone near me. So not only are they going to shove food down my... And this isn't just them. This is eating disorder pathways that happen all over the country. This, this is, is this is eating disorder this clinics. Is, this is people... I've met other people yes. that have experienced... Their parents actually did send them to these places, and it was horrifying and awful. Yes. It's up there with pain clinics. But, um, like, basically they were like, so we're gonna take you away from your safe place mm -hmm. and basically force you to eat foods that will cause a reaction yes. and the best part is is they do cause allergic reactions with me right but they would not do anything i said well what if you start seeing things and they said they, they kept saying and i don't know if it, it could have changed a little bit well when she went into when she went actually there but it terrified me listening to it because she was going to be away from her whole family away from me who had been helping her advocate and they they said we our observation period is six weeks. We put her on the ED pathway, and I said, "Well, what if she's throwing everything up?" And they said, "Then she gets, um, she gets TPN, she gets IV, she gets um, pick lines. She'll be fed intravenously." And I kept saying, "But if this is an abdominal blockage, are you going to address that at all? Are you going to help her alleviate if this is a psychological thing?" Give her the tests and show her, look, there's nothing there. And they said, no, we will not do that for six weeks. And I'm like, six weeks in which... With me all alone. With yeah. her all alone. And she's already not in a great place mentally. There's, but it's not even that, is we don't even know how much of that was even the truth. Because there right. are plenty of people that I've met where they have told the parents, you know, we'll tell you everything that goes on here. Yes. And then later I come home, yes. six weeks later traumatized for the rest of my life and later you find out that everything they told you was not true mm -hmm. and that i basically went through a severe ptsd experience to a point where 
I might actually know. I mean, Children's, I was only there for about two weeks, and they did a number on me to a point where it left me two years of being in, stuck in, like, a, like, like a, I'm not saying it was OCD, but, like, an OCD, like, rhythm of, I had mm-hmm. to eat every single three hours, I had to eat a meal, and yeah, if and I did it. just from being in Seattle's for, 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 for two, two weeks. For two weeks, because and, of what they convinced Yeah, and us. I had to, uh, to a point yeah. where if we were out, like, I was like, I have to eat dinner at five, to a point where we were out once past, like, it was 5.15, and I hadn't eaten dinner, and I broke down crying in the yeah, car. Yeah, our friend was with us. And we I was, like, shaking and day. sobbing and, like, yeah. literally She's having like, a have to go PTSD response, like, oh, my yeah. God, as if someone was going to come get yeah. me. And and it was, in, and her friend who had been part of this journey from very early on was kind of like, okay, what she's going to eat, and then she's going to, like, throw up anyway or, yeah. or be sick. But she had to do it because Seattle Children's had convinced her that if, if if I ate in this regime, I would be okay. Yes. But if I didn't, that's why I was throwing up. That's why I wasn't feeling So well. this was the other reason why we ended up going to California, because we actually did seek out help with Mary Bridge. Um, and they had allowed us to think that they would help us, but then they ended up... Well, we originally... So the whole... I mean, to preface with why we went to Mary Bridge is Dr. Asshole said, okay, fine, I'll give you an NJ tube. I'll give you a feeding tube. We thought... How dumb of us... We thought we're going to go into, they, he said, go into the emergency department, which I feel like one right there, that's a red flag. We should have had an appointment there. Uh, you'd be surprised. I, yeah, but... no, I know. So he was like, go to the emergency department. I will send in a thing and you, the, I'll let you know that they'll let, they'll know that you're coming. They'll place the tube. They'll teach you how to use it. You'll stay maybe overnight and then you'll get to go home. That ended up being another week and a half or two weeks. That was a flat-out lie. That was a flat-out lie. They put the tube in me and said, okay, we're admitting you, and we're not sure when we're going to not, we're going to discharge you, but you basically need to just be completely refed, like, basically all the way down the spiral again. So what I want to go back to with the clinics is, was the eating disorder pathway, is that these are very, very dangerous. If your child has an eating disorder and you know it in your bones and it's clear on many levels i'm not gonna i know that they've helped some people i also know that they have harmed many yeah but well, i mean that you could say that about like pain clinics too is yes you could say there are plenty of people who are like oh this pain clinic really helped me but then they've also caused many yes. people trauma to a point where there's many instagram yes. pages talking about these pain clinics so we had we had you know some of our circle of friends at the time were like why don't you just put her just put her in that clinic you know and they'll fix her no, they weren't going to they weren't going to help her any more than anybody else was because I knew in my bones this child did not have any sort of eating disorder. I'm going to be completely <laughs> candid here. I had eating disorders issues throughout my life. Um I'm a binger. I've been a binger. Um I know I know the psychological loop that you are caught in. Autumn was not there. She was I mean, not there. I mean, I used to, school, when I was in middle school, early middle school, I was a lot curvier. I was developing a lot faster than a lot of girls. And yes, yeah, some girls would, you know, pick on me and say I was fat, saying what, you know, and fat isn't, shouldn't be a negative word anyway. But at that time, I saw it, it was, whatever. They said I was ugly, you know, they would tell us shit. And so I remember once I came home, I was like, mom, I'm not going to eat ever again. And then you're like, okay. Two hours later, she found me. I remember this. I was in my room with a whole bag of chips, just being like, yeah, that made my stomach hurt because I was hungry, yeah. so I'm not doing that and again. by the way, and she wasn't, I, and when I say I was a binger, I was a binge purger, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I binged. I would eat entire cakes. I would eat half the pantry at 3 a.m. in the bathroom, and then I would I would purge. 
I and when I was vomiting, I mean, I was doing it. It was just everything all the time. You also did not cause yourself to vomit. No. Okay. So I'm I'm not clueless about eating disorders. I'm not clueless about the psychology behind it. <laughs> I never saw it. This in is this autumn. is a side note because this is funny. Like the way it's gotten now, like so bad with like my vomiting. If I do vomit, which I rarely do because of my drain too, but if I do, I'll just be sitting. Like, just sitting straight up. And it's like, oh, there we go. Like, I don't even know how that happens. Like, gravity-wise, I don't know how that can happen. The other thing with eating disorders, it's a very secretive pathology. And Autumn has had never been anything but upfront about I'm my stomach is hurting. I'm going to throw up. I mean, we used to make, to think when we were, I remember after Mary Bridge, we came home and you and I decided we're going to just try again while we were doing the Lyme disease we we're still trying to figure out Lyme disease stuff we were like you know what we're gonna eat meals we're gonna make meals together we're just gonna figure it out we used to eat dinner together we used mm-hmm. to eat lunch together we used to make meals together I remember we used mm-hmm. to do all these things like I never it's most of the time I was cooking and I was showing you what I was cooking and I right. was like and we were eating it together yeah. when I could eat right there was never a time when she was as as when she was secretly secretly not eating or she was distracting me from eating or you know, versus again, I know the secret of science. I mean, Autumn never even knew I was a. a I never per- did until like, I mean, not well, until I brought it up in therapy last week, and then I told you. <laughs> well, I, I, well, no, you had mentioned it to me a few times yeah. before, but I never really understood because you'd never mentioned it to because me because it was it was my thing. Yeah, it was my thing, and it, yeah, and it was solely so that I could control. My something weight. In, or in something, something in inside. Life. I did not like my body. I did not like my, my body. My mom is beautiful, okay? She's very... My, go- she is very gorgeous to me. My point is... And is I'm that, jealous of her body, okay? I. My point is, is that you, other than the few bullying episodes that you have, you always had a different confidence about your body when you got curvy, when well, you developed I it. I found out that when you have an ass in your middle school, boys really like that. <laughs> and for reasons that we don't need to go into right now, I did not like that. that I did not like being seen. I did not like notice being noticed. Even after I had kids, I did not. There was a whole mess. But that's not about me. Um, She's a Taurus and I'm a Libra. Well, that has to do with anything. What all Tauruses have? No, issues. you're an Earth sign. You're very down. I'm crazy. Anyway, anyway, we should probably wrap this up. That's part one. Um, there are we've been promising funny stories, but I I think that we gets kinda... after the pick line. And when I at this point, and for probably about into it, we do the real quick because then so so she got her pick line all right, and so then the insurance gets involved, and they're like, you have to be taught, you have to have you have to be taught how do the you... guy the mansplaining okay. guy I forgot yes. about him. Okay. <gasps> so you're, okay. gonna, you're gonna have to cut some of this out because all right because this is the meat of the story here. All right, I'm not gonna cut all. All right, it. shush. So insurance sends over a home health nurse okay to show us how to use the pick line and i forgot about this my god okay so first of all we're in this gorgeous airbnb it was the only one we could find for the short minute it was costing my ex-husband oodles of dollars i feel so bad that we couldn't find anything but it was gorgeous okay and 
we have the dogs with us. And so the, the nurse guy is like, I'm coming over. And so we were like, okay, we're going to put the dogs. And we'd only been there like a couple days maybe at tops. <laughs> we put the dogs up in in the master bedroom, the the, the, the prime bedroom. We're not yeah. supposed to call it master anymore. The main bedroom. Oh, my God. No, it's true. The main bedroom, and it's gorgeous, okay? Like there's like, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on okay. with it, lady. So anyway, dude comes in, and dude sees two little ladies – just little women in the kitchen and he starts the bottom line is taking care of a pick line is pretty damn easy okay it, like you not just have to be to very it. sterile very safe disinfected like but overall it is not the most terrifying thing on the planet i've done worse okay i, I math is harder all right math is way harder <laughs> so this was not that difficult and he is like he made me do things over and over. I felt like it was he wrote a it down. Search. Remember? Oh, he, he made wrote me it write down. It down. He wrote it down, and then he made you write it down. Yes. He's so like, he wrote it down, and then he's like, "Do you want to take your own notes?" And I'm like, "Well, you you just took them for me." And he's like, "No, I want you. I you want write you to down. remember." And I looked at him, and I'm like, "Dude, I'm a teacher. I know your little tricks. <laughs> I don't need to write this crap down because it's not that difficult." Okay. And he was like, I, "You I, have to." Write. I remember, and we had the paper. Yeah. Like, no, he the- made me write it down. I'm like, I've had the names of 500 students in my head all at once. I don't need to write this down. But no, I had to write it down. And better yet, I had to write it down in the way he wanted me to. So here's me, the teacher who's like, take notes however you want. You had to write it very clearly. Right. And in like, case we couldn't read it. Yeah. He's like, you have to write it like this. What if you can't read your own writing later? And I'm like, it's my writing. I understand. I'm sitting there okay. in a lot of pain, half like asleep because I was so tired. Yes. And it was like eight o'clock at night. And I'm sitting there just like now. What meanwhile, the fuck is so we were we were expecting an hour. He was there For like two hours I at least. least. I'm thinking it was more like three because yeah. he made us drill. You would have thought that I was like, I, I don't know. Meanwhile, our dogs are upstairs. They've had a, a hell of a week. Oh, is this okay? one took her shit in the bedroom? Yes. <laughs> so they're upstairs. <laughs> now understand, I asked the dude if I could let my dogs out because they were nervous, they were anxious and all that, and he was like, oh, clean, clean, clean. And I'm like, they will sit on the couch, but I think they have to go outside like, to Poncho do business. Because started to make his, like, scratch, scratch yeah, at the door. Yeah, they were scratching. Tucker was crying. I'm like, I think they have to, like, go. you know, go. And he was like, no, 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 sterile environment. I'm like, dude, this place is huge. Like, I can get them out the door and come back in. And, but anyway. No. So... Finally, he's like, okay, I think you understand he all leaves. of it. Blah, blah, blah. He leaves. Well, f- he let me, he's like, now I'd like to see the dogs, remember? Oh, yeah. He was like, I need to see the I'd like to see the dogs. I love dogs. Go I away. Dogs. Get out of the so house. He sits on our freaking couch and he's like, let me see the dogs. <laughs> and I'm an arm's there and she's kind of like, mm, can I go to bed? Can I go to bed? So we let the dogs out and sure enough, they dash out, they go to the bathroom, but then they, he's still there. He's going to wait for so them. So they're going to, they of course come and say Kay. hi to him. So they say hi to him. Meanwhile, I go upstairs. Tucker <laughs> on this baby, white carpet. White, gorgeous, uh. plush carpet. <laughs> had diarrhea. <laughs> the size of a small. Size of poncho. The size of poncho, Archer. Well, possibly two ponchos. <laughs> because clearly he was so clearly bad. he was being shut up in this room that he in this house he didn't know where he, he was know he, where he was he probably knows we had left him we had left him we come all this way he'd been with anxiety right our dog is 
Tucker has Tucker needs a service dog. He's yes, not he a does. service dog. I'm his service he, person. He wouldn't go to daycare today because Autumn was feeling bad. Okay, mm-hmm. and he loves daycare, but today he was like, "Nope, oh, I'm a sissy's feel." No, so he diarrheas. Oh my god! So and meanwhile. The dude sitting down there is like, oh, pretty dog. And I'm like, dude, I need to clean the carpet Uh, before my ex-husband is charged like oodles of money because we ruined the carpet on day two (laughs) of being here. So finally he leaves. He's like, oh. It's like 10 p.m. at night. And I hate to say this. This is really mean. But he reminded me of the my interim principal at my job who (laughs) did not like me and thought that I was... A wild woman, which she wasn't necessarily wrong. Was but he still. wrong? Anyway, so anyway, so I finally I go up and I have to clean this thing. Let's just say say that that was I ended up buying a, a portable steam cleaner. Yeah, that was, and it got rid of it. But um, yep. It but was, um, the bedroom smelled awful for days. We opened yep. all the windows that night. Talk about sterile. I mean, here he was all sterile, sterile, and I'm like, my dogs are upstairs <laughs> ruining the sterility of my bedroom forever. So we are sorry to the whoever owns, whoever owns it. I mean, I think I and then remember Tucker got into my sugar-free lollipops and he started having those awful shits. Ever. Yes. Um. No. To that s- week we should have entitled this episode. That first week was the week, week of, of anxiety sh- and, and diarrhea. Shitting. Yes. I was also having diarrhea. It's <laughs> great. It's great, fam. There was um before we sign off. There's one other time that I want to mention. So. That December, because we were still... I know, we'll talk about more of, like, later. But this was a really funny memory. I was starting to throw up, like, a lot. Like, really... I was went through this flare period where I was throwing up a lot. And I was also constipated. And so I had taken magnesium citrate. And if you've ever had to drink magnesium citrate, I feel sorry for you, because same. Um, But then I just... I started vomiting it up. And I couldn't speak for, like, two days because it burned my throat. So, just letting you know... That if I if I was ever gonna have a drinking problem, this is when I could have had absolute rights to have a drinking problem. And I actually tried to have a drinking problem because no, I figured it would blot it out, no. but I, I get bored with myself. It's boring. It's really boring. And so. anyway, that is our first part. Part. I don't By know. the way, all of her funny stories that she's gonna tell you about have bodily No, they do not. Many of them have. Some of them have insects. A lot of them have insects. Oh, good. Because I made friends. Because I made. F- That's my life. Because I literally because I got parasites. Um, well, I made friends later that were bugs, and then you found a fucking tick and put it in a jar and put I it in our apartment. You're spoiling it. I'm not telling the whole story. Okay. Good night. But we're gonna um, to go get juice. Yes. Um, for juice, I've been drinking grapefruit juice and just a lot of Powerade because my headaches have been really awful. So chugging Powerade, but I can't do the full, I have to do Powerade Zeros because the real ones have high fructose corn syrup in them and guess what guys, that's really bad for your intestines and actually produ- can promote the growth of Candida, she just rolled her eyes at me no, 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 I'm not at you at the thoughts that were going through my head, the intrusive thoughts about the American capitalist oh, yeah, and how we put everything everything has high fructose corn syrup in it, yes also, yeah, everything has high fructose corn okay. syrup Okay. You, we, we've gone way past our time. No, what is it? We have like two things up. Um, we're going to, I think we're going to keep these parts and I'm not going to do any episodes in between because we have like the ball rolling and then we'll, yeah. maybe we'll get back to Autumn sitting in her room and crying and you can listen to that. But um, we're going to do this. So we'll see you guys next week for part two of our supposed to be a short trip to California. Three months. <laughs>